This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing the new spicy Cajun chicken sub, Cajun seasoned grilled chicken breast, zesty cherry peppers, and house-made Cajun mayo. Just $5.55 for a medium. Remember, a portion of every sub you buy helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Limited time only, plus tax. Participating locations. Firehouse Subs would donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase. From New York City, it's the Todd Berry Podcast. The Todd Berry Podcast. All righty, everyone. All righty. Live from not my apartment today. Usually I do this from my apartment, but I accommodated a special request for my guest to come to his hotel room. And you know, it's fine. It's just lugging $75,000 worth of sound equipment. It's not easy. <laughs> I didn't buy the most portable thing. But, uh, you know, it fit into a heavy, 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 heavy backpack. And uh, You're allowed to laugh before I introduce you, by the way. Sure. sure. Um, I'm here with Aziz Ansari, everybody, in his hotel room. Thanks. Thanks, Todd. <laughs> That's it? That's I, I really appreciate you coming and meeting me here. I'm... Uh, on deadline writing my book and I, I i was down to do the podcast and i appreciate you no i appreciate you being on my podcast so you know the strained shoulder and broken back <laughs> because i didn't want to spend another 150 dollars to buy the real portable system that i could have stuffed into my back pocket pete holmes has like a whole team that comes in really yeah See, I've never. Pete Holmes is—they get it all set up for him, nice, and then he just sits down. He's like, "Hello." Really? Like if he—he he, he has like people that set up all his audio. I only did his live podcast, but I am jealous of those guys because a couple of times I've recorded episodes, and at the end I go, "Hey, I didn't record that." <laughs> what? <laughs> and you're like, "Hey, I uh, hope you don't mind doing that again because uh, I fucked that." But I'm paranoid. This isn't recording, but I have that feeling every time I record, so it looks like it's recording. But uh, <laughs> we don't need to just obsess let's, over that. Let's check. Let's check. No. Let's, you sure? You, you want to check? like a little test, right? What do you? What program do you record it onto? I record it onto QuickTime. Onto QuickTime? Yeah, okay. it's simple. I think it's going. Should we okay. check it? I'd have to start it. Yeah, let's, let's check it. Let's check it to be safe. All right. Anyway, the sound works fine. God, we just, we just listened to that beginning part that was hilarious it was hilarious we listened we didn't even just play a little bit we just we, we were just going to check a little bit of it we ended up listening through the whole thing yeah we listened i called a few people i put a phone <laughs> up against the computer man that was a good opening two minutes so you uh you got this book coming out what's it's a relationship book um yes i it's not coming out soon i'm i'm writing it now and it'll be out i think next year sometime either in the spring or the fall but uh i was doing all the stand-up about um I guess modern romance dating and how things have changed because of uh, technology and different cultural things and I thought it might be an interesting way to do a book that had kind of some social science in it as well so it's not just like a book of funny essays or something because I feel like that's what my stand-up is for right. so I, w I don't think I would do a book like that where it's just funny essays because I feel like stand-up's a better outlet for that for me yeah and when I had this book, I had all these questions about things and w would read all these interviews with all these smart people and academics. And uh, for the book, I've kind of interviewed them and, and learned a lot of stuff and 
you know, put all that stuff down, but in, in my voice. So it's, it's still funny, but ideally it'll be like very interesting as well. So you're interviewing like various love experts? Not love experts, it's more like uh, anthropologists, social psychologists. Holy shit. Um, yeah, some pretty, pretty interesting, very smart people. It's been fun. Anyone like really like uh, not fun to talk to other than me? No, everyone's very smart, and um, they're not always fun. Those smart people, so, you know. I'll admit, there's been like a couple of times where they're like a little too, you know, brainy and trying to right. be impressive. But most of the time, it's they're very casual and like, you know. I think because like things like TED talks have become so big, there all these people are so good at, at taking these very complicated ideas and and giving them to you in a very casual, conversational way. So who have you? Uh... Who have you talked to lately? Like just some people I talked to recently. I um, there's a woman named Helen Fisher who's this uh, very big like uh, biological anthropologist. Um, there's uh, a guy named Barry Schwartz who does a lot of stuff about choice, and you know, big problem I think with or not problem, but like a big issue for people dating now is like now if you're looking for someone to date or marry or whatever you, you have more choice than any era of person ever right because you have um you have an okay cupid all that and also stop emails coming in yeah and also just like this whole like second era of uh of you know emerging adulthood period where you go to college and you meet all these people in college and then you know the beginning of your career and you're getting married later than any other era of people and so you meet all these different people and you know it's, it's just not something that's really happened like 50 60 years ago yeah, people are getting married way later, and not yeah. even, and not getting married, and deciding not to get married as well. Yes. Damn. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love the changes in society. <laughs> I just wanted to say all that. Um, do you like writing the book? Uh, it's interesting. It's a different. If it's a different kind of thing, uh, I feel like I learned a lot from from. At this point, I've kind of done all the research and stuff, and now I'm just kind of getting it down and like making it funny, and so it's been a different kind of. Uh, exercise than I've ever done before, so it's interesting in that way. And you, you're on a deadline, so that means like, uh, see, I would think if I was on a had a book deadline, I would write way more than I ever wrote stand up because this there'd be this outside uh, force telling me you have to write this much. But you have deadlines in stand up too, right? Like, oh, I'm I'm gonna go on I know, tour. I gotta to get these them. bits yeah, and yeah, bits yeah. and shape and stuff. That's what crowd work is for. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, I never did get that bit in shape. <laughs> hey, He's, so uh, what's just, up with that hat? <laughs> just, just another, what's your hat going? What's going on with the hat? And there's. Oh, you're a goofy hipster. Big surprise. <laughs> you're my audience. <laughs> so you've seen my special. <laughs> Wait, I've seen part of the special. You didn't see the part where I talk about you. No, what happened? I, I, well, I, I recall, I recount. I, this, is, this isn't a huge spoiler. It's okay. just one of those interstitial Anybody? things between. Sure, okay. Between. Um, cities because i did seven cities but mm -hmm. i told the story about uh we were driving to san francisco me and blaine capatch you know blaine capatch i know blaine a little bit and sure. i said we're gonna about to make one of several p-stops okay and then i told the story about when i drove with you to boston and i yes. made the mistake of uh having an iced coffee and an iced coffee <laughs> my god it was the a magic, very big iced coffee the magical power of the iced coffee i mean i iced coffee and this is kind of graphic but not that bad I, it'll make me pee for like 20 minutes, then you wait three minutes, and I have to pee as if I hadn't peed in 10 hours. Iced coffee, but it tastes so good. So you and I, yeah, so you were like, you're, we're not stopping again. I was like, come on, man. We were going from New York to Boston, and yeah. you wanted to stop like three times. It was two. It was two. Two, okay. And uh, <laughs> I thought, I was like, oh, man, is this actually going to get tense? Because I, 
I'm going to have to pee in the car. Well, I mean, if you told me it was an emergency, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't going to no, be you, like, sorry, you, you Todd. Were, no, you weren't. Uh, <laughs> Do we stop the second time? Yeah, we did. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been a bad scene if we did. Fair me. enough. But uh, so there's a, that's not the best part of my special. But mm. so how many hours a day are you writing? How many hours a day am I writing? Um, I'm not sure. I've been working with this guy to kind of help me with the sociology part of it, who's a professor at NYU. His name's Eric Kleinenberg. And so I'm in New York for a limited time. So while I'm here, I'm trying to work with him as much as I can before I uh, go back to L.A. So that's kind of why so I'm So do you just like sit in this room here or go to a coffee shop or go to the lobby of the hotel and just you know, churn out two hours, three hours? Riding around the hotel is good because we can go in the room, then we go outside for a little bit and just, you know, it's just really just about... Just getting started and, and uh, removing yourself from different distractions and stuff. Hotel is kind of good because then you can just stay here and order room service or whatever yeah. and not really leave. When is your deadline? Am I allowed to ask? Um, I, well, I, I don't have like a uh, – it's like I've got to get it done in the fall. Um, but I'm I'm trying to get all this stuff done with him while he's – while we're both in New York and before I go back to parks in August. So that's why I'm trying to get a lot of it done now. Oh, it starts up in August, huh? We go back to filming in August, yes. Cool. I can't wait to do my guest starring role. Yeah. Wait, you, uh, you've done parks before. No, I've never done. You not? How would you – how could you not know that I haven't done your TV Cause show? Because I'm not always there when okay. guest people come in. I had and a I huge feel like part. Was, it was a week you weren't there. The, no, I, I, I've I think never there done was one, I, I think there was one thing. It was an inquiry, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't and know then you were on tour or something. Something like that. Yeah, we'll get you on there. Yeah, I have I no know. power, but... Let's negotiate the money right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll go with that, but if I just change this... No, let's talk money. What do you think? <laughs> I'm not fucking around. I need to know now. So you go back in August. So you have to be done before August? Um, I don't have to be done, but I, I want to get like a lot of it done. Because I, I feel like, don't you know... Uh, people that have written books and and they're always just like oh god this fucking book i'm, I'm not gonna finish it it, it yeah. becomes very stressful so I'm, I'm trying to really get ahead of it as much as i can especially right, so you're going to like stuff. three days before you're done. yeah exactly you can kind of change that deadline though right because i know people have written books and they're like i have to change the deadline maybe i, I feel like there's no harm in, in getting it done yeah and i feel like because i'm in new york maybe they give you a deadline knowing they might not change yeah well this... i had another deadline but i moved it up there I had some other stuff i i need to do next year so do you have a title for the book? You don't have to tell me. I don't know. I'm not, well, not 100% sure. Now, they they won't let you title it yourself, will they? Yeah, they, they will. They will? I mean, they think they give you mutual approval. Because I know people who've... who've uh, I've Who, written stuff, like, for, for the New York Times, and they were very protective. <laughs> I wrote these essays. They used to have quote-unquote funny essays. Oh, yes, yeah. And, and they were very... They, they were like, they didn't, no, they didn't give you the title they're like, that. we'll do the title. It's oh. like, okay, well, I just wrote 900 words. You don't mm. think I can come up with, but they were very like, yeah, we got a, we got someone who's really good. I think at the I title. read what was the one you wrote about. I think I may well, have read it. There was three of them. There was oh. one about. It was this, that was when I was intellectual. <laughs> but there was one about uh, finding a syringe on a flight. I, may, I There I was vaguely one remember time these. where I, I was teaching at the school for the deaf, and I made a joke about walking away from the class, and have, giving someone five dollars to watch the class, <laughs> and she told the principal, even though it was like so obviously. Me just joking around. Mm -hmm. And then one, so there was that. And then there was one about, uh, oh, I think I get getting a swag coffee maker. Like, mm -hmm. And then uh, it broke. And then I asked, I asked for another one. <laughs> Did they give it to you? Yeah, yeah. Nice. It was just a dilemma. It's a great, it was great. Have Those are ever, the great stories. You ever think about doing like a book of funny essays or do you feel? I thought about it. I mean, I have had people interested in, ta in writing, but it's just like the idea, like, 
Like, I don't want it to be my stand-up, like you were saying. Yeah, that's a tough part. And I don't want it to be, like, cuddly and, like, oh, it's humorous. Mm -hmm. I want it to be gut-wrenchingly funny. And I also am not going to write a memoir, because I think that's, like, who gives a shit about my childhood? (laughs) Plus, I couldn't remember half of that. I'm not like Keith Richards, who can remember, and then is a 9,000-page I've heard that's a great book. I've I heard, heard that is a good book. It's just yeah. kind of like... I bought it. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> if, if I read all the books I bought, I'd be very well read. I definitely make the effort of buying the books. I just don't always do end you, up reading Do you buy the actual book or you Kindle it? I like having an actual book. I yeah, don't like, it's kind of nice. Like right? I go back and forth on and that, stuff. but that one's a thick one. Yeah, that one's big. That's, that's a thick hefty. book that neither of us have or will read. But Yeah. But that's... A, yeah, that one's like... I guess Keith Richards deserves an 800-page memoir, but you wonder like... How does he remember all that shit? I know. I, yeah, sometimes you read these memoirs where they have all these really vivid memories yeah, of childhood. Like, like right. I was reading the, um, this guy. Uh, this is a funny book of essays I was reading. Do uh, you know this guy, Adam Resnick? Um, he wrote with, on Letterman and with Chris Elliott. And I was reading his book of essays, and he had all these really hilarious stories about being a kid. I was like, Oh, I have heard of Adam Resnick. Yeah. yeah. And I read them. I was like, man, I, I don't remember this much stuff from when I was a kid. I remember like three things. Yeah, it almost and makes you feel like, funny. oh, you're kind of just filling in the blanks. Yeah. Like, Let's just say no, I, I hung in a, <laughs> I, I, thought I went was... into the elephant cage and I hung oh. out with the elephants. <laughs> so let's so say that. I'm not saying that this particular person made stuff up, but it seems like. I don't think he made stuff up. I just think. It's just hard to remember all that shit. Yeah. I couldn't remember it, but I'm old. <laughs> Let's talk about this hotel room. It's a nice hotel room. Don't talk about my... Don't... Someone will come murder me here. No, I'm not going to tell you where you're staying. Okay. You think I would... No, 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 no. no. Also, this is not a live show. You'll be out a long time. Okay, that's true. I'll be gone. <laughs> You'll be gone. Do you um? Do you check in under a fake name? Um, I do, because sometimes the the camera dudes will see who's... I don't know what, what it is, but... Do you get papped a lot? Me. You know, if they're, like, really bored and some... A beautiful break. woman hasn't walked around. They'll yeah. just be like, well, I guess I'll take a photo of that guy. You got to go to that <laughs> restaurant Craig's, man. They'll be all over you. What's Craig's? You don't know Craig's? No. Seriously? No. I don't it's know an L.A. Is. restaurant. It's really good. Oh, no. I've never been. But it's it's like half TMZ stories are like, we caught uh, Jay-Z coming out of Craig's. Or, Craig's? I don't know. Yeah. Well, here I'm standing in hotels, so I'm like walking around yeah, where yeah. they're waiting for other people. But in L.A., I don't have to deal with it as much. Well, that's cool. Me neither. <laughs> Why are you laughing? You think it's inconceivable? That that is inconceivable. <laughs> Just not at that. Uh, but who wants that, right? No, it's bad. You don't I, want... I, I don't have it. I don't not complain about. It. I don't. It doesn't affect you me. You sort of see why, like you're like, well, I kind of see why they get punched once in a while. Well, you hear. You no, know, I'm not pro punching. There's people I know who have kids and stuff, yeah, and they'll yeah, be, yeah. "Hey, man, is it cool if you don't do this now? I'm here with my kid. My kid's getting scared, and then they'll put that on the show." Yeah. yeah, that just seems kind of rude, but yeah. Paps. Then, you get, then you get those uh, free coffee makers, so it kind of balances I know. out. I I do you get uh, do you pursue swag like that? No, because I always just end up just you know just not having anything to do with it, and it just ends up taking space. So I just kind of just give it to people. But they must send. Excuse me, when you're on a TV show, they must just be like, there must be like a bubblegum company that goes, hey, here's 8,000 packs of gum for you guys. Yeah, but it's it's never anything you really need. If I'm like, hey, I really want this one thing I need for my house, they'll be like, all right, we can get it to you in a year. It's never anything yeah. you like really, it's, yeah, but maybe I'm bad at asking for stuff. I'm excellent at it. <laughs> I will hook you up. <laughs> what do you look for in a hotel? 
What do I look? I, I feel like comedian. Question. I feel like comedians really know hotels. Yeah, obviously, because they talk a lot about so that on this podcast. Um, I like a vibe that's uh, quiet. Some yeah. hotels, you know, you go in and it's kind of like there's like a club in the lobby. I despise that. I hate that. Um, I've I, had that where you don't like during the day. You don't realize it's going to turn into that. Mm. You're like, oh, this is a nice little serene boutique hotel, and you walk. Yeah, yeah, and uh, what else? Um, uh, you know, if they have good room service or they're near like an area where you can walk around and get stuff, that's good. So you don't have to like get in the car to like drive around. That's all. You good. Re- so you research these hotels, right? And and now I feel like, as you must as well, when you tour as much, you you have your spots that you like. Yeah, so I like to mix it up, but I also like. I like to be loyal, but I like to mix it up. I pretty much at this point, all the big cities, I kind of have my go tos. Yeah. Sometimes, uh, do you ever Airbnb instead of a hotel? Have you no, have you done that? that? I always think about it, and it always seems like a great deal, and then I'm like, oh, this, I don't know, this looks weird or dirty or well, something. Well, I don't. What I think with Airbnb is, I kind of like. I think probably, I bet in like a place like New Orleans where you maybe put up in a cool house or you have a whole mm-hmm. house to yourself in this neighborhood, you really dive into living. In the culture, but I also, I like a front desk clerk. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to be like, hey, what do I do? I'm lost in this city. Like, I want to be able to call downstairs. Yeah. You don't want to call. I don't want to call. Davey G128. Yeah. But I I know people who had great Airbnb experiences. Sure. But also, I wonder, like, being a famous person, like, you know, they're going to be like, like, will they tell people? Will they? Oh, yeah, I, if I do something like that, I'll just have like the tour manager deal with it or something, so I don't they don't know what's. So you've or. never have you ever, so you've thought of doing that though, right? I one time when I was uh, in Stockholm, I did it, and my tour manager like set it up for me and got the keys and stuff, and then um, the guy who owns the place, uh, his dad came to uh, get something, and he saw me, and then he just like froze. <laughs> And he, like, I was like, I didn't think you would recognize me because we're in Stockholm. But he was like, oh, my God, you're staying in my house. I was like, ah, I guess I am. And it was a little weird, but uh, it was fine. I just, like, signed something for him. It was all good. I was walking around with Sarah Silverman in Sydney, Australia, and we wandered by this garage sale. And these, these two fellas who live there, mm-hmm. I believe they were gay, a gay couple. They just all of a sudden, like, Oh my God, Sarah Silverman's in our <laughs> in our garage sale. It was pretty funny. They invited us in. They were very nice, but and they weren't pushy, and they were just like, "Oh, that that's kind of thrilling for them." Did they buy? Did you guys buy anything? I bought the best lamp to bring back on a flight. No, I didn't buy anything. <laughs> I didn't. So I'm going to Stockholm. Yeah, I've been there once before. Cool I had town. a good show there. Yeah. So you're going soon. Now's the time to go. You don't want. I'm to going go in October. Oh, it'll be a little... Will it get cold by then? I don't know, man. Yeah. Probably. One time I went in in the wintertime, because I had to go then because of scheduling, and everyone there was like, what are you doing here in the winter? Like, everyone leaves. And I was like, oh, all right, well, next time I'll make an effort to come in the summer. Next time, came in the summer... Like, what are you doing here in the summer? Everyone goes to the country. No one's here. It's like, well, where are people here? They're like, and it's nice weather. And they're like, basically, we don't want you here. <laughs> we'll get to all four seasons if you keep. But it's a nice town. It's a fun, it is fun, really cool, yeah. fun comedy town. Good audiences. And the audience are good, right? Yeah, they're good. And they speak I, great English, yeah. They do. I do feel like they're a little bit more reserved in general. I, 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 I feel like, uh, this might just be my theory, but I think that there in the culture, when you tell a story or something... People 
here, you know, we'll say like, oh, and then the guy was like, oh, what are you doing? You know, they'll like do a voice or something yeah. for somebody. There, I think people are more straightforward. So in your act, if you do like a voice or make a face, that it's really like, like makes them go crazy. Like, what's happening? <laughs> 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 but uh, I'm going there. I'm going to Amsterdam. You been to Amsterdam? I never done Amsterdam. I've done Stockholm. I've done Copenhagen, and I think other than that, in London, uh, and then Sydney and Melbourne and. I like the way he did Melbourne. Melbourne. I've been there three times. I still call it Melbourne. Melbourne. <laughs> Melbourne. And what's the other city there? I've done Brisbane. You've done Brisbane? Brisbane, yeah. Wow. Those are, the, those are my Brisbane. international What's Brisbane like? Brisbane is everyone in Australia shits on Brisbane. And uh, I would say it's, it's probably fair enough. It's but not. that's even more reason to go there, you know? Like, hey. <laughs> but it was fun. You guys are being mean to you. I'm going to do a show. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's one of those things. I feel like it's so funny to me whenever I'm from a very shitty town and from South Carolina and... Uh, you know, people are very light about like shitting on South Carolina or shitting on a small town or a bad uh -huh. town. It's like the people that live there know it's bad. Like they make fun of it. They know it's shitty. You know, I find yeah, like, they're not living in this delusion where they think, well, this is this is the best place. Why would? What do you mean, Sydney and Melbourne? No, Brisbane's the best. No, they they, they probably think it's shitty in their way. Just gotta be but careful because you kind of wanna. Sometimes I've done that where you say this town sucks, and mm -hmm. they're like, they're like beyond like you can't insult it enough for us yeah like then there's other times you feel like who am i to breeze in from another city for one night and like yeah hey, your town sucks well yeah. get the fuck out of my town yeah but uh i'm a great guy i've, I've heard that someone told me they did a show somewhere and and the club owner was like hey you know i know people like to shit on the town but if you if, if you could don't because they don't like it here and then <laughs> I think it was Chelsea or somebody, and they were like, they got on stage like, yeah, they told me this, but how do you expect me not to shit on this place? And she said people people were really into it. I guess if you, she, that's a great way to present it. Yeah. I wonder what city it was. It was Chicago. No. <laughs> it was Paris, and then, and then she did that, and uh, yeah. Do you, um, so you're going on tour again. Are you on tour now? I just finished up a big batch of tour dates, and then in the fall, I'm doing a handful of uh, a handful of cities here. And there. Oh, you're doing some biggies. I'm I'm doing yeah, I'm doing like my first uh, set of arena dates, which is pretty nuts. Now, how does that happen? Does it like I want to try arenas, or does does our does our mutual agent say, uh, <laughs> hey, you know, you sold this many tickets over there? Well, the last time I did um, shows in New York. It ended up being like 14,000 tickets, which is Damn. about like, but split up to different theaters, like two shows at the Beacon, one show at Carnegie, one show at Apollo or whatever. So I knew if I wanted to do Madison Square Garden, I could do it. And then I was like, I don't really want to do a big arena show. It's just not good for comedy, obviously, blah, blah, blah. But then I thought, well, that seems like a pretty amazing opportunity to get to do Madison Square Garden. Just to see what it feels like. Yeah, and I thought about like, oh, if I did screens and stuff in this particular way and like paid for the production to make it really cool. So I, you know, met with all the people that do screen stuff for big rappers and, music, you know, pop musicians and yeah. like the dudes that do like stuff for like Daft Punk and people that have like a good sense of how to do this visual stuff in an interesting way. And I was like, all right, I'm going to do that, and I'm going to do the garden. And then I was like, well, if I'm going to do the garden, I should do some other arenas, too, to just get good at doing arenas. Because, you know, when you do a theater versus a comedy club, is a way different thing. So I imagine doing an arena versus a theater is way different. And I've done arenas for, for college shows and stuff, and uh, but that's a little different because it's all just college kids. You know, it's not really a, a blend of people. Right. Um, but I know what it feels like to do an arena, and I was like, I can do this. So. What's the biggest crowd you've played to so far? 
Biggest crowd ever. Did you ever do Gator did. Growl? That was gonna say Gator Growl. God, I've been trying to get Gator. I went to that school and they still, oh, really? they still have never given me Gator Growl. I did that once years ago with Kevin Hart, actually. Really? Yeah. And it was it it was uh, yeah for people that don't know Gator Growl uh, is uh, it, it's the the, the it's, yeah it's big, an alumni pep rally at the University of Florida in the football stadium. Yeah. So and half the audience is alumni and, right. and they're split. It's divided. Half is alumni. Half is uh, um, students. And it's like. 40,000, 50,000 people. Oh, it's more than that. It's probably 60, 70,000. It's an insane number of yeah. people. And that's just, it's very bizarre. Because you like say a joke and then it's just like, uh, you just hear this weird like, uh, yeah, I would feel like if I it's did like a delay. it, it would be so surreal that I wouldn't even know it was happening. It was bizarre. It was, it was, it felt so distant and weird. How much time did you do? I, I think I did like. 30 or 45. It wasn't a full set, but it was, it was pretty long, long enough for yeah. a football stadium. I think it was, if I remember. Especially for that. They're not like a, they're not like a listening audience necessarily. But yeah. When I went but to school there, um, Robin Williams did it, mm -hmm. and he was dirty. Oh. So the next year they had Bob Hope mm -hmm. to, to compensate for like, let's go to the squeakiest, let's get a, a squeaky clean old man. How? Uh, yeah, he wasn't, wasn't that great. Well, the Bob Hope, well, it was, I mean, it's Bob Hope's a legend. He was a legend. But yeah. He also filmed something there, so he kind of was like doing retakes and stuff. It's like, oh, weird. It was like, we're not filming a movie here, you know what I mean? Retakes but, during a stand-up Yeah, set. just That's... like he would do things like, hey, we're going to get this for the show. It's like, oh, okay. No. Well, we're all here to help your TV show. <laughs> I'm here to fucking go, go Gators. <laughs> Freaking out, wearing orange and blue face paint. <laughs> Are you... So I would think doing an arena would be a little nerve-wracking for a lot of reasons, because you'd be like, what if I don't sell enough tickets? Mm -hmm. But I'm sure you'll sell enough tickets. Yeah, I'm based on the previous tours, ticket sales, and what I've sold so far on this this run, it's pretty safe, pretty safe bet. Right. Yeah. And then there's just the the size of the place. Are you, I mean, are, will you be a little more nervous doing that than you would doing a club or something? I, well, by the time you have like a tour show that you've done a lot, like you're pretty confident in the material. You know how the show yeah. works. And if we get all the screen shit working and everything, I'm, I'm not going to be uh, too nervous about it. Just as much as I'd be any other show. See, that seems like you'd have to sort of rehearse that. Yeah, I'm going to, you know, make sure all that stuff's good. Because I don't want people to come and be like, what? I've, uh, I, I, I've been to shows before where they didn't really do anything for the visuals. And... I know that it sucks, like, to just sit there and just look at two screens that are just up on the right and the left, and you're just looking at that screen, and then you're looking down at the guy every now and then, like, it's really not a good way to see a show, so that's why I'm, like, really making sure we put a lot of thought into what the screens look like, how it's going to be presented. Are you going to do it in the thing. round? No, not doing it in the round. No. No. You going to sell tickets behind the stage? No. No. Well, that'll hold, like, 300 people, then. I'm joking. No. <laughs> it's like a 300-seater, then. <laughs> Um, I'm doing the Barclay Center that night. That's weird. So good luck to you. Man, they shouldn't have booked another Comiac <laughs> the same night. That would be funny. Like, <laughs> if like if I were that big and just to see, just to be a dick. <laughs> I'm booking Barclays and charging $10 less. <laughs> I'm going to do it, man. I'm doing fucking Barclays. So do you think if you do this series of arenas, you're just going to keep doing more arenas? or um, I mean, Is it hard to turn back? I don't know. We'll see. I like doing uh, theaters and like for some cities, I just sat and parked there for a while. Like San Francisco, I did like 12 shows at this place called Davies Symphony Hall. Uh -huh. And it was beautiful. It's like 
3,500 seats, and it's just all Yeah, nice. now we can, I can go out to eat and stuff and walk around and shit. Yeah, but I did two shows a night. I probably should have oh. done one, one show a night. Two shows a night's kind of... I, I don't like It kind of kills your night. Yeah. But um, I, that, and so in, in, for, in that example, I stayed in, in San Francisco for a few days. And so when you stay for a few days, it's a little more fun. You get to hang out in the town. It was kind of like what Chappelle did in Radio City, you know? It was cool because he was here for a while and, like... I'm sure there's people that went the first couple of nights and told other people, like, man, you should go, and then, you know, kept adding shows or whatever. But the only thing with that is just the the time. You know, you don't have that much time in every every city. You can't do that everywhere. So. Right. Do you um? Do you still do uh, clubs on the road? Like, to if you, will you work it out, like your arena show? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, like, I'll go to places do, like, um, like Comedy do, Works in Denver. I'll go over like a weekend. like a Monday or something? Or yeah. Um, or I'll just like do a secret thing at the improv in LA or drop it in at the comedy cellar here. Um, that's still where I work all the material, you know, I'm, I mean, I'll tweak it in the theater shows, but generally if I'm getting ready for a tour or something, yeah, I'll go to smaller clubs to kind of work it out for a weekend. Do you write it out or... I never write it out. I just have bullet points, and and then I, I record all the shows, and uh, I just See, kind of listen, remember the phrase. Do you listen to all your tapes? I yeah. saw. I remember doing a show, and you you listened right after you got off stage. I was like, oh man, that's that's discipline. The well, last thing I want to fucking hear after I get off stage is what I just did. Uh, well, that's probably a particular case where, like, right now I've been writing some new stuff, and so I, so if, so let's say tonight I'm going to go to the Comedy Cellar, then I'm going to go to, you know, Wyatt Cinex show in Brooklyn, then I come back and do the cellar, and then go to UCB and do one more show. So there's four shows. So to me, I look at that, I'm like, okay, well, first show, I'll throw out this idea and, like, mess with it. And then as soon as I'm done, I've got to kind of go to the next show. So while I'm going to the next show, I'll, I'll listen to it to see, like, okay, that thing I said No, it's smart. I'm not saying it's yeah. a bad thing. Yeah, but that's the only time I go that yeah. crazy. Like, I don't, like, finish, like, the theater show and go, all right, now I need to go a room for an hour and a half. Like, then I don't do it. I don't want to go get fine. any dinner. I want to go listen. I want to go watch yeah. the show I just did. But if I'm, like, time. aggressively trying to write new bits, like, yeah, I'll, I'll listen to it. Because it's, I mean. No, it's part of the job. Yeah, you're trying, to, you're trying to work, trying to write. I got this backlog on my phone of, like, the last 80 sets I've done. Oh, yeah? But. I had one time I had it where I saw like how many sets I did in the entire year. I forgot what it was, but I had every set I did the whole year. And oh, really? See, see how many sets I did that year. One thing, I, I mean, I will, like if I get off stage and I go, that wasn't a good one. I like just hitting the X. You delete it? I'll delete it immediately. Oh. If I know, like if it's just, you know, dead and there's yeah. like, no, I, I know nothing came out of that. That was different. Mm-hmm. But then sometimes I won't remember to like mark you know, sometimes you go off stage. Oh, I got the the pizza joke was great tonight, and you're like, I should probably write pizza joke in the little thing. Oh, so you remember like, oh, I did some different yeah, stuff. And then sometimes I don't even do that. So, do you write out everything specifically, or do you have bullet points, or what do you? I'm a bullet point guy. I've I you know when I did the Seinfeld comedians and cars, I was talking to him about writing, mm-hmm. and uh, he you know he writes it all out. Yeah, and he doesn't record anything. And, oh, he doesn't. And that seemed very odd to me because oh, he to seems ask him so. About that. Yeah, yeah. And he seems so precise, right. right? Like he seems so precise about his wording. So I assumed he would record. And he's like, I never record. That's interesting. Yeah, but I guess he's got it written down word for word. But I mm-hmm. like, I I can't write. I feel like the if way I write I talk. a word for yeah, if I write a word for word, I feel like then it would just sound too rehearsed. Yeah, but maybe I should try it. Some people, I, I do, and do you ever do stuff, write stuff on computer, or are you do only handwritten? It depends. Like, uh, I mean, if it's a scripty type thing, scripty, script thing, mm-hmm. I will, uh, 
I'll burn out the, uh, I'll take out the old final draft software. And get, uh, whoa. You know, yeah, you heard <laughs> really? me. Really? That was very show busy And it's me. like, Todd, interior <laughs> comedy club. It's like, Todd, <laughs> Todd, you haven't opened this program in 11 months. You have Keith, Keith <laughs> Robinson. Ladies and gentlemen, this is next to coming to the right. stage. You may it's have like, seen him on. What's going on, fellas? Hey, nice shirt. <laughs> and it says, wait for, and I write in the notes, wait to think of something funny to say here. <laughs> you had some good crowd work on your last special. Oh, thank you. What a nice thing to say. I remember the, uh, yeah, I think I really liked it. It was... The marriage proposal thing or the... The couple. I remember there was the couple up front and I was just thinking like if I were on stage and there was the part where the guy revealed like something, he mentioned breadsticks. Yeah. Uh, yeah and so I was like, oh, I was like, oh, oh my God, to hear him say, to just know that he just set you up. So... Yeah, it was pretty... Yeah, the, the bit is... Uh, Olive Garden. Yeah, the bit is... I was... Um, I would in the show I would talk about marriage proposals and then I started doing this thing where I would just ask people their marriage proposal story because it was I I generally has always been interested in that anytime I met people that just got married I was always like oh how did you propose like to me that's just so interesting like the idea of like oh you can do this romantic thing and plan whatever way you're gonna do it and so in the special that was that was really fun I I was I was nervous about that because. I did that in every city in the tour, and, and and they were always good. I was always able to make it work, but sometimes they were great. And when I shot the special, I was like, okay, well, we're shooting two shows. You know what? Maybe after the show, during the encore or something, I'll just like do a couple of other people to have a few in the bag in case the one that I do in the show is kind of a dud. And like the one that's in the special is the first one I did. Oh, they really? Were, they were so good. I, I was like, yeah, this that is, was this, uh, this was great. It was. I got very lucky. Yeah, I, I think I got goosebumps when the guy said breadsticks. I was uh, like, oh my god, <laughs> here we go. He but even it. his little attitude, like I was like, uh, I was like, so where are you guys? And he's like, we were at a five star restaurant, and, and it was just like this. Is his tone was so amazing, just like how yeah. quickly he was ready to. Oh shit. Uh oh, what's that? That's uh, that's that's uh, Todd's phone. Mine's on silent. That was my mistake. This never would have happened on the Pete Holmes podcast. Would Pete Holmes leave that in? <laughs> Pete, Pete Holmes would leave all of us. Pete, Pete Holmes would oh, leave yes. that in, and we would be here for another four hours. Right, he would leave that in, and then he would go, hey, I'm going to do, call my phone. I want to get that a few more times. <laughs> I want to get a few more of those in, and then I'll, I'll react to them. His podcast is, like, I only did his live podcast, but I've heard he does, he's like, three hours? Well, he didn't say, like, we're going to do three hours, but we kept talking. I, I had fun talking to him. I, I love talking to comedians yeah, and so talking about stand-up. Um, I love hanging out with comedians and talking about stand-up. Um, and whenever I'm in New York, I always try to hang out with, with, with comedy people. Do you ever do like a little room on the road? That's I haven't done that in a while where you just hear about, like you do your main gig and then you hear like, well, there's this little room, like a little open mic or something. Yeah, I, I've tried to do things like oh, that. But you when feel I, like a god when you do that. Um, yeah, I've done stuff like that. I, I was talking to, like, you want to talk about someone that works really hard. Um, uh, Chris Rock told me that when he's on tour, like, what he would do early in the tour is he would book his, like, theater gig or whatever. And then, like, after that sells out, he would book a club, like, the same night to, like, go to a club and do, like, a little looser version of the set to, like... Oh, really? To get stuff, like, even better. Yeah. Like, so he would perform so like he would a big theater like in Davies Raleigh. Hall, yeah. And then he would say, you know what? Let's book a punchline gig for that night. And they'll, the club will just send an email and we'll sell really? it out. And I can work on the stuff that night. And a lot of people are like, oh, two shows. I'm not going to do two shows. To think like he's that dedicated to like getting I didn't know he did that. Shit. I knew he would like two clubs and do like a Monday night. No, he told me like on the road he would wow. do that to still get his stuff better and better. That's crazy. 
That's crazy. Very dedicated. I need like breathing room between, like, I don't think in the drive over I would be able to even. Whenever I'm working on new stuff though, like, like I've been working on a couple of bits this week while I've been in New York. Um, you know, as soon as I finish a set, I want to do another one to kind of keep tweaking it. Cause like when it's like when you have a bit that you know is going to be good and you're kind of just trying to put the pieces together, it's fun to just keep doing sets and to, to, to kind of eventually figure it out, like put that puzzle together. Yeah. So, you know, I could see early in a, in a tour how that would be fun. Yeah. And if you, especially like, if you have, tweak it. you can't be super loose when you're performing for 4,000 people. Or yeah. not, you can't be loose in the way you're loose at the comedy cellar or the punchline yes. or something. You can be loose to an extent. And I think you should be, I found that like you should be a little bit loose, but there's a certain zone you can't really go into because it is a show and they paid right. know, a lot of money. So you, you, it's good to have these other things where, where you can really stretch out and, and just explore tangents that may need, may lead nowhere. Yes. Another thing Seinfeld said was that he, he always took it as a compliment if someone said he was polished. If someone said he was polished. Yeah, because sometimes they, they'd be like, you're, I mean, people are criticized for being overly polished. Yes. But I think that for the most part, I mean, I like a nice loose canon comic, but I also like someone who's like, wow, they really crafted every second of that. Yeah. I'm, I personally try to find a middle ground where the material's polished, but the show feels That's exactly loose. what I do. Loose, <laughs> loose show, tight jokes. Oh, hey, well put. That's per- yeah, well, I've thought about this before. Yeah, I think it's good. I think it's good. Uh, I found when I did the last, the Buried Alive tour, when I did that tour and doing like the, the, the crowd work bits that were, uh, you know, essentially they were bits, but they involved talking to the audience and stuff. It, it does go a long way in making that particular show feel unique and special and, and, um, you know, it feels like you're seeing something that's very alive, and, and I feel like audiences love stuff that's created in the moment, and if it relates to the material, it kind of, you know... I find it always, like, when I've done big theaters, generally opening for someone, I, if I do, I'll sometimes do a little crowd thing. Just, mm-hmm. I don't want to do it too much, especially if I'm going on before someone, mm-hmm. but I it always relaxes me. Like, yeah. You're like, oh, man, that's that was a little special thing for us, and... Uh, I heard Louis say something interesting about how those first few minutes when you're on stage at a theater or whatever, it's this interesting time where you can just kind of play around and see how long you can just go with whatever is there in the moment. And then whenever you, that's done, you can go into your material. But it, it made me think about how, oh, you should try to take advantage of that and try to really, you know, take that beginning space and do something with it. So whether it's like, oh talking about something that happened to you while you're in the city or whatever, like use that little bit of time to kind of, yeah, I love talking about something that just, especially like even talking about something that just happened right yeah. before I went on. Yeah. And not just, I don't mean, or like that just they like, saw or yeah. I'm talking about shitting on the MC is what I'm talking about. Yeah. Talking yeah. Or about just addressing something the that's guy's happening been doing in the comedy. room. Oh, why is that doing that, man? Oh, you it's know okay. what I did? I pushed snooze. Oh, <laughs> push snooze. Just wanted to make sure you woke up by, oh my God. by five o'clock PM. <laughs> I know. Oh, I feel embarrassed by that. It's okay. It's okay. It's just a podcast. It's, hey man, fuck your rules with the no <laughs> cell phones going off. If I was uh, doing someone's podcast and the ho- that happened with the host, I'd be like, what, you didn't think to shut your fucking alarms off? But my phone is on airplane mode, but the alarm's still good. Oh, got it, got it. It's okay, That's the interesting... I know, I don't feel that bad, honestly. Can, can I just say real quick, I wanted to, to mention, um, I've known you for a long time, and, and you were really... When I was first going to comedy shows, when I first was uh, a comedian, like not even... A, just toying with the idea of doing shows, I would go to shows like Eating It, 
and I would go to the Comedy Cellar, and you were always uh, one of my favorites, and I think you were, like, the first comic that I, like, you know, a working comic in the city that I was a big fan of. Oh, man, thank you. And I would I would really go out of my way to go see your shows, and, and you were always so nice to me, and, and even when I was, like, just doing it, like, a year or two years, you were always very generous with advice and stuff, and, and, and I do appreciate oh, that. Oh, man, thank you. I'll have to move that to the beginning of the podcast. Yeah. And then move it also to the end. <laughs> yeah, book. I, I remember you gave me a great piece of advice. What was that? You told me, um, when I was starting, it was when there was really a lot of popular alternative rooms, if you will, with Rafifi and all those yeah. things. And you you told me to really make it a point to do not just those rooms, but to do the clubs as well. So you killed in, in, in both types of rooms. And you were one of the few guys that would do... Both rooms. Louie was another guy who would do both yeah. rooms. And there's a lot of people who would just do the alternative rooms. And I think um, by I, I, the advice made sense to me, and it was what I was thinking in my head anyway. But I think I'm definitely way stronger than I would be with, without doing that. I think it's great advice for anybody. I know a lot of comics listen to stuff like this for uh, advice, and I think that was a good So can I have half the money you get at Madison Square Garden? Yeah, man. But thank you for what you said earlier. I'm not good at taking compliments. I always make a joke, but oh. but that was very nice. Well, I do remember those old days. I, I have, remember. I was remember I was at the comic strip, and comic strip was the first club I got passed at, which is means they they pass you to say you can get regular spots. And it was like maybe a year after I started, and uh, you were hanging out in the booth, and I was like, Todd, I got a Saturday spot, and you know you leave your veils on Monday, and then. They call you on like Wednesday or something and tell you when you got spots. And like when you're starting out, you, you may not even get a call on Wednesday. Right. And then if you do get a call, it might be like, oh, you know, Aziz, you're booked uh, Thursday at 11.50 p.m. But I got one early on was like Saturday at like 8.45 p.m. And I was like, what? Like I was so excited. That's, that's a good spot. I was so excited. I remember I had tickets to see like a comedy. I, I got tickets to see like Jon Stewart on like Saturday or something. And I, it was that same Saturday, and I was like, shit, I don't want to, like, call him and be like, hey, can we maybe do it next Saturday? And I was like, fuck this, I'll just see a little bit of that show, and I'll run down to the comic store. But I remember that week, I told you, I was like, Todd, I got a Saturday spot. And you're like, oh, great, man. And, and you know, I, you could have easily just been like, all right, I don't give a shit. Well, maybe because I got one, too, that one. Yeah. If I hadn't gotten one that Saturday, I'd be you like... You did, I remember, because my friends came. Did I? Oh, good. Because yeah, I would have been like, uh, what, you got one and I didn't? That's what I... <laughs> but luckily, I did get one that week. Do you um, Do you ever think you'll move back here? I well, mean, you're here a lot. I'm here a lot. I'm still here, like, half the time. Um, Are you really not, half the time? It feels like it. Whenever I'm not shooting parks, I'm, I try to be here a lot. If I'm not shooting parks and I'm not touring, I try to be in New York, right? And for writing stand-up, I can't write in L.A. the way I can write here for some reason. I guess the comedy cellar is probably a big part of it, and, and there's just so many more shows. So yesterday, you know, I did I did one show at the cellar, then I ran to Hannibal's show, then I came back and did a show at the cellar. And when you're working on stuff, it's so nice to just, like, Yeah, I mean, you can even, you can even do that stuff. sometimes without even taking a taxi. Like, there's places yeah. you can just walk to one place, walk to another. Yeah. Are you really doing four tonight? I'm going to try to because I am I have a couple of bits I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very well, excited right? about and I'm trying to want to figure them out before I, I leave next Tuesday. So I'm trying to figure it out by then. But do you, do you feel like for you, you have to do your jokes a lot of times to kind of tinker them and get them in the right place? Or do you feel like they kind of come out? Oh, my God. I have to, I, I've had stuff that I tinker with. I have some, also had stuff where I tinker with it, give up on it, come back to it, 
months later. Yeah. And sometimes it's just like, oh, once I did this little thing to it, yeah. it works 50% more than it used to. Yeah, so I've, I've had a few jokes like that, and I always had jokes where just the final tag, just having that final tag that pushes it over the edge, it just brings back the whole bit. You're like, yeah. all right, this is pretty weak, but then you have that last tag, and sometimes that just happens from just telling it and something in the moment, and you know. But um, yeah, the reason New York is so good is you get to do so many spots, and for me, so much of the writing is just about writing on stage and just kind of refining things and tweaking things. And yeah, sometimes that's it's the hard. only fault of the alternative scene is that. I feel like people are expected to do new material and you feel, feel bad about doing the same material. And, and to me, so much of it is like refining. And then in clubs, that's what you do, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the alt scene at its worst was just sort of like snobby without any justification. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, you brought your little napkin on stage and you, you said, so what's next? What else? <laughs> and you did your little fucking four jokes about pilot season and and then but uh but that's the worst element i think the people there are definitely really funny people who uh, of course yeah i'm not cheating on that scene no and also those rooms are usually really good i'm i will quite say often really it's, it's i would say it's fair to shit on people that just kind of just blatantly just or just blanket shit on the club scene though and say oh well, nothing good happens there it's like really man like you know nothing good happens at the clubs well, like what i always <laughs> say to these people and i probably said this on this podcast is like so if you uh got a chance to do Letterman, stand up on Letterman, would you do it? They go, of course I would. Okay, who do you think is in his live audience? Do you think it's all hipsters? No, it's people who went to Bubba Gump's and went to the the M&M store, and now they got Letterman tickets. So now you're going to make them laugh. So you kind of... It's yeah. not just all the groovy people. And it's also when you go on the road, you know? When you go on the road, it's not... People that have all seen The Wire or whatever thing right. you're referencing, you got to be able to to kill everywhere. And there's definitely a, a, a there's no there's it's not mutually exclusive. There's a middle ground where you can make like people that go to UCB or whatever hit place laugh, and also make people laugh at uh you know the most mainstream club or whatever you can think of. And also, you know, that thing you were saying about working both kinds of rooms. I mean, people have said that to me before. You're you're one of the guys who can work both kinds of. Like, what does that even mean? Like, Everyone should be able to work like, both kinds of rooms. Oh, you mean that room that has chairs and that and a microphone and that room that has chairs and a microphone? It's like, what do you think is, what do you think is happening? I mean, because these, these alternative rooms were rarely very experimental in like, a, wow, stuff going on there. That you just, I mean, a lot of it was just people doing stand-up. One of the coolest things, I, one of the coolest sets I saw that was like that i remember is uh is a guy who doesn't do a ton of stand-up i don't even know if he's in new york or la now but i always whenever i see him do stand-up i'm like man this guy should just do more stand-up it's i don't think it's special anything andy blitz oh yeah yeah he did a set one time where i think he'd just broken up with his girlfriend and he just walked on stage and he acted like he was on a phone call with his ex-girlfriend and the whole set was just like a one-sided oh really phone call and it was unbelievable i don't think he ever did it ever again and it was amazing. It was so good. That was like, oh, that's the kind of shit you should do. And that's the kind of shit you should use those, you know, spaces to kind of do something. You weren't here when when there was like surf reality and collective unconscious in those places. I think where those were just kind of winding those down. Those are really, started. you see some really interesting people there and stuff. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, you're an actual true unusual person mm-hmm. doing something unusual. 
But I just feel like, uh, yeah, a room is a room. Uh, but then again, there are rooms that become so terrible. They're like, there are clubs where are like, I'm never going to work there again. Um, I'm not sure. going to say them out loud. But, but there's also this element of uh, some of these, uh, some of those rooms, the, um, the alternative rooms too, like the, the audience is just so fired up. You're like, well, I don't even know what this is. This doesn't really help me like working on right. new stuff. They're just going crazy. And, and that happens at the, the at clubs too. But I sometimes like a room where they're like, where you're like, all right, they are laughing from time to time, but they're not like, you know, that was yeah. my, that was my impression of an audience going crazy. Yeah. But because you feel like, oh, I'm really earning these laughs. They're not just a pumped audience, but yeah. Yeah. I said to an audience once that laughed like just some off, you know, just a small comment I made. I was like, well, I don't really trust your laughs anymore. This seems like a very low bar. Right. That's, yeah, that's a nice thing to say to an audience. <laughs> Stop laughing <laughs> I don't so much. trust your shitty laughs. I've done that. I've pointed out some, you know, you point out someone's laugh and then they get uncomfortable and they stop laughing. It's one of my specialties. Let's talk about food. Oh sure. I can't believe we didn't talk about food earlier. What do you, yeah. where do you been eating? Where have you been eating in New York? Do you want to reveal? Uh, in New York, where have I gone? Um, you know the places I love are in in, in Williamsburg. I really like Marlowe and Sons. I I went there with you once. Yeah. When did we go there? I think was it some sort of party ish scene? There was a bunch Maybe. of people. I don't know. Yeah, that's a cool place. It's good. It's, I like it because it's very consistent. They change the menu. And it's a, a nice atmosphere. They have a couple of cool places there. And Diner, the place next door, they're good. I, um, where else? Um, I like Spotted Pig a lot. I always go there. I mean, these are like kind of old mainstays. I don't have any. I haven't really looked at any like new, like, oh, you haven't heard about this taco truck? Gotta go to Gatto. I went there the other <laughs> night. Um, Gatto? No, I don't know. It's on Lafayette. It's a mm. no-ho. Oh, all right. Bobby Flay, if you're listening, hook me up. But yeah. it was really good. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I haven't really like looked at the new places. I don't know about like a... A taco truck that's hidden in the sewers or anything like that. Do you, uh, on the road, you you treat yourself right, right? You don't just go to Burger King or anything, right? Again, like I think like once you start touring, you have like a network of friends or other comics that also tour and they'll tell you where they've been that's good. And so, and that's when it's really nice to have a few days so you can really kind of hit a few places up. Yeah, because you can't want to like eat a lobster at six o'clock and then do a show at eight o'clock. Yeah, that's a bummer. You don't want to eat before show. Then you don't. Then there's that catering, and you're like, "Oh, this food gonna be cold when I'm off stage." Yeah, man, the problems people <laughs> have when they're comedians—it's so sad. It's so sad. Do you I'm, ever... gonna, I'm gonna do a benefit to, to uh, provide microwaves to every comedian that's on tour. That's true. To have cold food again. Then that's the new cause. S- yeah. It's gonna be like making sure start a, uh, food is always hot. That. Yeah, <laughs> hot meal for every person who gets to tell jokes for a living. <laughs> That's something people can really get sympathetic to. Yeah. Do you you ever get fast food though? You ever get fast food? Um, in Austin, I I got Whataburger. That was good. Whataburger's good. I've had that. I yeah, feel like I've had good. that within the past year. They, they had a there was a Whataburger uh, honey honey buttered biscuit with uh, honey buttered chicken biscuit. Oh, that was oh my good. God. That was really good. That's like that place. Uh, you've been to Pies and Thighs? Oh, in Brooklyn, yeah. I haven't been to the too. new location, but they had this like biscuit that was honey and fried mm-hmm. chicken. It's like, yeah. All right. This you can't is, really uh, go wrong with that combo. Just don't think about the health aspects of this. Yeah, not, not the health. Oh, my God. I do try to eat healthy on the road because if you eat like a monster like that, it, 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 it'll show. You, you'll yeah. be a little bit slower. I feel a little bit slower on stage. No, you're stuff. probably right. Yeah. Some, it's so hard though, because you know you go to Kansas City, you're not gonna be like, hey, no barbecue for yeah, me. Yeah, no ribs. Yeah. Just worse. Is there a good salad restaurant? Yeah. 
Oh my god. Steak and shake? I've never done that. I've heard it's good though. You've never been to steak oh, steak and shake's one of my favorites. Where is is that one of the ones there's there's one in New York somewhere in a weird place? I think there is, but I don't know. It just doesn't it doesn't feel like a place that I'd want to go to in New York. Yeah. But you know, you're in in somewhere in Norcross, Georgia or something. Mm-hmm. I think that's a city in Georgia. <laughs> and you're like, oh, steak and shake. Twenty four hours, made to order. Holy shit. Where are you going to eat tonight? Tonight, tonight I'm like running around doing sets. I might just eat something at the cellar. Cellar's good food. It is, and it's good It's good food to do uh, comedy with because it's pretty light. You can get like a light Mediterranean food, and it's pretty good. And, oh, I mean, if you're not going light, those those chicken wings are so Those good. are good. Those are like... They're I the best chicken wings I've ever had, I think. I can't figure... There's like some taste in there that I've never tasted in a different chicken and another chicken, but they're I really was, good. Yeah. They're I, not crazy hot. But they and are I think crazy. People are, are getting the, the word is getting out that those chicken wings are really good. I saw a couple of people that aren't comedians who I knew they're not stand ups, and I was like, "What are you guys doing here? Are you coming to see a show?" And they're like, "No, nah, man, we just came here for the wings." I, I seriously want to know how they make them. I mean, not that I'll ever make them myself, <laughs> but there's, I'm just curious what yeah. flavor that is. Oh my! Have you ever had the Korean chicken wings? Korean chicken not wings. at the cellar, but at, oh, in general, there's like um, a place on St. Mark's that it's called. The, what's it called? It's called Boca. Boca, Beer. Korean chicken wings. That yeah. sounds good. Yeah. You know it's really good. Have you ever been to um, Pock Pock? Oh, in Portland I have. Yeah, and they have one in Brooklyn yeah, now, too. Yeah, I haven't too. been to the Brooklyn one. But they do chicken wings that are really yeah, good Yeah, they're well. super sloppy. They're really, really yeah, good. Yeah, they're sticky and, yeah. yeah. Pretty Pock- cool, that that guy's story. He, he just went to, the, like, these rural parts of Thailand and was just eating food, like, everywhere, like, kind of very local food, and then just kind of made it his mission to, to figure out the recipes and, and to cook them. Because, like, there's stuff there, yeah. yeah, where it's like, I've never seen this on any, mm-hmm. like, like yeah. none beyond, of the stuff like, I see on every other Thai restaurant yeah. menu. Oh, man, I'm getting hungry. Why don't you order some room service? <laughs> Again, if you want. No. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, do you cook? Um, I do like cooking, especially in L.A., because, you know, there I have more space. a nice little kitchen. Stuff. Yeah. Chef's kitchen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I stayed in a house. I, I had an apartment in L.A. that was... Not that huge, and then I, I, like a year or so ago, I started subletting a, a house that was had a bigger kitchen, and and I started getting into cooking then, and uh, and I still continue to cook. I like you have it. all the right uh, equipment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did someone help you, or did you just wing it? Uh, I bought a house recently, and the house I bought, like they'd done the kitchen pretty well. Came with pots and pans. In. Well, I had to buy all the pots and pans. I had some people help me f- figure out which stuff to buy. Yeah, that's that stuff. Like. Uh... When I see that stuff, like when I go to like Sur La Tabla or whatever, mm-hmm. that's you go, oh man, this makes me want to cook. <laughs> yeah, and then you know, like, all clad. And I go into my little <laughs> shitty piece. kitchen. I'm like, I'm not gonna fucking, I'm not gonna cook. Yeah, it's tough here. The kitchen's like the first thing to go when they're like sizing up a New York place. Yeah, my, I have a small kitchen, mm-hmm. and I never cook, so maybe that's a good combination. What you know, Max Silvestri? Yeah, he he cooks a lot. And he has really? a small kitchen, I think, and he, he he's really into cooking and he makes it work. Yeah. He should write a small kitchen cookbook. Mm, oh, that, hey, that's a good Have concept. you ever thought of writing a cookbook? That seems like, because you always yeah, talk seems, about food. I know you I love know, it food. seems like it would be like such a slam dunk thing, right? Yeah. And uh, But uh, yeah, I, I feel like I don't need to take on more more projects at this point. Are you going to do a book tour? That's going to be, see that I think is, that sounds more fun. That sounds like the funnest part of Doing writing a book. Doing like a stand-up tour? Just going to like, like a book? Barnes and Noble. Oh, and yeah. And you don't have to do a show and a thousand people show up to get your autograph and yeah i'm sure i'll do do that kind of stuff yeah i'd really just do a show and just say hey if you come to the show you get a free copy of the book really 
yeah, I feel like just sitting there and just signing things and taking pictures isn't as fun as doing a show. Yeah, you're right. I was, just, I was being a little lazy. <laughs> I was like, oh, I just. But are you kidding? That sounds like more work. You get all the ad. I, I would rather tell jokes for I 45 imagine. minutes and sit and like sign my name and be like a drone just signing my name over and over again. That doesn't sound I imagine fun at it's all. quite a stalker magnet also. Like I would think like, oh, I get to meet him guaranteed. I better bring my, uh, this <laughs> manifesto I wrote. But, yeah. God, could you imagine when, like, there, there's, um, you know, like a model or somebody, like, writes a book, like, how many of those dudes, they have to be like, all right, this guy, we got to get him Yeah, and I think they keep it moving along. They're yeah. like, all right, Giselle has to go. Uh, <laughs> she thinks she's very happy to meet you. Giselle is going to be talking about how cool you are, but she's got to go. Let's see if there are any other topics I haven't covered. Are you doing any movies? Um, no, not right now. I have like movies I'm developing or whatever, but I don't know. I, you know what I read that I really loved was, did you see, there was an interview that Sarah Silverman and Whitney Cummings did for New York Magazine where they like interviewed each other over the no. phone. Well, it's really good. And, but there's one part I remember where they were talking about movies and I'm going to butcher this, but hopefully I'll get enough of it right. I don't think they're going to be mad or anything, but, um, they were just talking about how, I think Whitney said like she was at a wedding or something. Someone was like, "So, what do you what have you been up to?" And she's like, "I just finished like this thirty city tour." And they're like, oh, "Okay, well, are you doing TV movie stuff?" I know exactly what you're talking about. And then the, and then they both kind of talked about how like why why do people think movie stuff is cool? Like why do you think why do you think me going and doing a shitty movie is better than me doing a great stand up tour? Like I've been offered movies and. I've turned them down and people are like, why? And it's because I can go on the road and do stand-up and tour theaters. And that to me is so much better. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, sometimes I'll get something where it's like, hey, you want to be in my, uh, you know, I'll do a Friends webisode, web series. But mm-hmm. like, it's like, hey, you want to do this thing? It's probably be a 16-hour shoot and they can give you $75. Like, I'd rather go for coffee by myself yeah. and sit there. It's a big investment of time. dick around on my phone. And uh, yeah, and yeah, when and I only have like a little bit of a break between seasons of Parks and Rec, and so for me, it's like, uh, oh, how do I want to spend my time? Do I want to move to you know whatever city's given the tax breaks in in the middle of Louisiana or wherever and live there for three months and shoot this movie, and then it comes out a year later and I go out and promote it for a month? Like I did a movie where I started and saw all the work that goes into it, and after you see all the work that goes into it, you're like, oh. This is cool, but unless it's something I'm really excited about, I'm never right. doing it again. So I, I I read that interview with them, and I was like, thank you for saying that. I should that. read like, that. Stand-up is— But yeah, I've, I've, said, I've noticed that, too, and I've probably talked about it, where they there's the thing, like, you could do five lines on a TV show or movie, and people are like, oh, my God, it's just— a, You're like, well, I just did an hour, an hour show last night. Oh, that's nice. It's kind of a But actually, the, the, the show is more impressive than the five lines that yeah. 800 other actors could have done Yeah, within a block of where I did it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would rather put out a, a stand-up special than be in a, in a bad movie. What are you doing? Are you, you going rec- to film at Madison Square Garden? No, I don't think I'm going to film it there. I think I'm going to film it in Toronto at some point. Um, Massey Hall? I'm not sure what venue Massey I'm going to do. Nice. I think I've done Massey Hall before. Yeah, I did a nice um, Winter Garden Theater there, which is really nice. I think I did that with you. Yeah. Or I did something there with you. That sounds... I, I was staying know. next door. I said, all right, I'll be on the show. <laughs> I was staying next door. 
I didn't fly up Sony for Center, that's a nice place there, too. I, I think I'm going to film it there, though, because I did it really early on the tour, so now the whole a lot of the stuff's changed, So and, and, and a lot of people didn't see it the first time I was there, so I think I'm going to go back and do it there. I know. Worrying about that shit is... Uh, have you ever gone to a city and gone back when you didn't have a brand new? I mean, in the past few years. Um, well, I went back to um, Philadelphia when I filmed that special, but that was because I knew we'd left a lot of tickets on the table. You know, that there was a lot of people that didn't get tickets, so I I wasn't going to get Tickets repeated. on the and table? I mean, I've like, never heard that before. <laughs> left tickets on the table? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my that, God. That's uh, my new showbiz uh, experience. <laughs> um, so I knew, and it was very clear, like, hey, this is the same show. This is the same tour, the same poster and everything. So not, no one came and was like, what? You're... That would be the biggest bummer if you like, Wait a second, this, I know, is, this is stuff he said last time. <laughs> yeah, that's what's good about titling those tours, yeah, and making a poster and all that stuff is then people know, like, oh, this is the show or whatever. Yeah, calm down. Calm down, I'm doing the same show. Don't come to it a second time. I'm telling them to calm down, the people. <laughs> well, Aziz, thanks for doing anything you want to unplug. Um, no, not right now. I don't I don't have anything coming out. I'm just, you know, I'm going on tour. If you want to go on my website, there's... AzizAnsari.com, right? I remember yeah. you had Aziz's board for a while. I did. The the thing expired or something. I need to get that back. I don't know. But you have your name. I have my name now, yeah. Did I someone snag it before you did? Someone had my name. Someone took it before I could get it. But then they let it lapse and I got it. I had Kate Berlant on. You know Kate Berlant comic? I don't know. She's a comic. She's funny from New York and she wasn't she's moving in L.A. now. Mm-hmm. But I, I go, did you get your name dot com? She's like, mm-hmm. no, I don't, because I know she had a Tumblr. Mm-hmm. I go, you're gonna do it right now at my computer. And I made her <laughs> register. Her life has changed. She's a Whoa. huge star now. Thanks, Aziz. Thanks, Todd. That was fun. Okay, hope you enjoyed that. That was fun, right? A little on location with Aziz on Sorry. Uh, I have some uh, a lot of new tour dates coming up. Uh, the 17th, 18th, and 19th, I'll be in Toronto at the Comedy Bar. Then I'll be at the Just for Laughs in Montreal the 21st, 22nd, 23rd. I'll be on the Atlantic Comedy Cruise on the Bahamas 24th, 25th, 26th, 27th, 28th. Maybe not all those days. Most of those days. August, I got a whole Midwest thing happening. Tickets aren't on sale for all of these, but they will be very, very soon. St. Louis on the 19th. I believe we're looking for Kansas City on the 20th, Omaha on the 21st, Sioux Falls, South Dakota on the 22nd, Fargo on the 23rd, and then Bismarck on the 24th. Then in October, I have some European dates that uh, are not all on sale yet. I'm going to Dublin, Stockholm, Amsterdam, Maybe one or two other places. Check me out. Follow me on Twitter at Todd Barry, ToddBarry.com. Don't forget Feral Audio presents this podcast and a lot of others. And uh, FeralAudio.com. Thanks. See you next time. This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing the new spicy Cajun chicken sub. Cajun seasoned grilled chicken breast, zesty cherry peppers, and house-made Cajun mayo. Just $5.55 for a medium. Remember, a portion of every sub you buy helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. 
Limited time only, plus tax. Participating locations. Firehouse subs would donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase.